With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the good news, here's Angie. Hey friend, Angie Austin here along with two more friends. Really excited to have my longtime friend, Ross Schaefer, and newer friend, his fiance, Allison Dalvit. They are joining us to speak about their new book, Rattled. And it's crazy blank stories of extreme resilience to help you go from shook to solid. Welcome, Ross and Allison. Hi. Hi, Angie. I feel like I was just with both of you. We had a fabulous uh, lunch. It's not often that my husband comes out of his cave and entertains with others, but <laughs> we got him out. And he, I, we, you know, he was, he was like, oh, I hate doing lunches during the week. And after we came back from our lunch with you, I said it was fun, wasn't it? He goes, yes, it was. I go, see, people can be fun. Yeah, I had a good time, too. It was fun. We had a nice time, but I, I kept thinking, I don't know that he wears a watch. I kept thinking, is he going to keep looking at his watch? Does he, does he have to go home, go back to work and fire somebody? Is it, <laughs> there's something that he has to do that's really important. But he, but he hung in there. You know, he did. The, the, actually, the thing that was impressive is he eventually did look at his uh, phone and realized that the whole time had gone by. He had no idea he'd be with us that long and have so much fun that he had to race back. So, all right, we're going to talk about you two now. Uh, the book rattled. Uh, Ross, I'll start with you because this is your, how many books have you written now? This is the 10th. Wow. You're getting up there, bro. Uh, 11, That's impressive. I cookbook that I saw I did. And the cook, <laughs> the cook was cook, cook, uh, cooking with power tools? It's cooked like a stud, yes. It was how to make uh, 38 recipes in the garage using your own tools. <laughs> well, I can see why Allison's engaged to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Then, uh, no, I'll, I'll, I mean, who doesn't want a guy that can cook like a stud? All right. So right. What, you and Allison engaged. Uh, you, you are living the dream. You're traveling. You just came back from Sturgis, which is funny because I know both of you, and that wouldn't be my first guess of where you go. But next year, Mark and I are in on that. So you're, okay. you get engaged. You're living the dream. And you're like, hey, let's write a book together. How did this come about, Rob? Well, the engagement part came after uh, the book, actually. It's been, uh, but what happened is we met just on the cusp of when COVID started. So we had a, a couple of dates and then we had to be locked down for a long time. And because we were in lockdown, I had been talking to Alton about this idea I had for a book, uh, but it wasn't called Rattle. It was just the. the, the two the, words of advice. Yeah, it was called two words of advice. Yeah. There were things that, that would happen in a person's life and you know being in show business there's lots of uh, valleys and then there's some heights but there's always it always seems like a state of recovery anyway both Alice and I started comparing notes and she had some ideas and pretty soon she had a lot of ideas and we found that uh, we have some common ground in that life really throws curveballs it, we, it, we, we just have been through so much that good and bad and then good and then bad again that we decided to compare notes and start writing these stories. It was a perfect thing that was happening with COVID because nobody was prepared for that. Not for a hundred years has anybody been prepared for No, no, we were not. People are losing their jobs. Businesses are going out. I was a professional, uh, well, I am a professional speaker, uh, going out talking to companies, but it was illegal to have a meeting anywhere. Yeah. 
so it was really I was out of I was uh, dead in the water. Uh, Allison has other businesses that she could still operate, but it was still very awkward because you couldn't be around people. So anyway, we we were in isolation and wrote this book. So in and, isolation, um, Allison, you're getting to know Ross and you're writing this book, and so you're connecting via the phone, computer, yeah. FaceTime. How are you doing it? You know what? We were. Uh, all over the phone because I lived in my space. He lived in his space. We just started dating. So we were getting to know each other in the most vulnerable way possible. And that's like completely self-disclosing some of your deepest stories. And Ross, you know, motivational Ross is encouraging me to write, write, write. And we're in lockdown. So I'm like, hey, I don't have a schedule. I can write all night long, sleep all day. We can't leave our houses, you know, so let's just do this. So I went all in and I wrote something like 60 stories, 15 of which made the book. Yeah, I went crazy. I, I have, I'm a little hyper. So. <laughs> You're also motivated. And uh, the, the instructions, well, I don't know how to write this uh, book. And I said, just write down anything that comes into your mm-hmm. head. Uh, we, can, we can edit it later. Yeah. But she was a beast. And she's not kidding when she said she wrote 60 stories, uh, dredging up things that had happened in her past that she'd forgotten. Maybe her memory was jogged by what her children remember, remembered. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it was, it was. Yeah. Wow, talk about, it was vulgar. It was, and we got to know each other so well. It's the best way to start a relationship, not to find a silver lining in the pandemic, but that's ours. Yeah, and you also, Alice, sorry, Ross, Allison, you also had your mom there because you take take care of your mom like I do, and that's that's a wealth of stories. Whether too long or entertaining, that's another question, but, uh, you know, still (laughs) lots of information. Yeah, yeah. It was. Okay. the advantage of this, Angie, is that um, we were not like a normal couple that might date. Uh, they're attracted to one another. You get distracted by the passion or the romance or whatever it is, and we couldn't see each other. So we were able to, I think it was really good, because we were able to ask questions that uh, you could ask anything. Like an example, uh, things you might not say if you were seeing each other a lot. And I, she would say, well, how, how, how do you fight? Yeah. Uh, how do you um, how do you argue with people? How do you resolve conflict? Um, what's something to hate about somebody? It was just it really was raw. Yeah. And no risk. Right. We really got to know each other mentally. Yeah. Well, I remember Ross. Ross and I have known each other for many years, so we, from time to time, will chit chat for like you know forty-five minutes, and then not talk for a few months, and then talk for you know a ton. But when he was starting to date you, we were talking a lot then, and so I heard about your first date. I heard about everything oh. that was going on, so I was really checking in with him because my dream for him after the divorce that he did not you know initially want. You know, uh, he's yeah. a strong Christian. This wasn't something that he like. Hey, I think I want to get divorced. It, it, it happened and I wanted him to be happy again so I said in one year I can't wait to see what your life is going to be like so I kind of felt like his own personal Tony Robbins short with blonde hair and I felt like I I wanted to just kind of like be standing behind him and be like no go a little to the right no straight straight keep going straight you know and kind of lead him uh, along or be with him along this happiness trail and so when he started dating you I was so excited and then after we had uh, lunch with you uh, the other day and keep in mind Ross has got you both have grown kids Ross has a teenager and then he's got boys who are married with children so you guys have got 
kids out there that run the gamut from teens to fully grown, having their own children. And so you've yeah. lived life. And to find somebody like this at this point in life is such a blessing. And when we left lunch, you know, my husband's a, a cynic of all time cynics. So when I, we left lunch with the two of you last week, my husband said, the rest of Ross's life is going to be really great. He's going to be so happy. She is so good for him. And I'm like, whoa, Martha Stewart, where did you come from? Or who would that be? I don't know. I mean, your new what? He's my new favorite person. That is so sweet. It was just uh, so out of context for him to be, you know, like, I don't know. It was just neat. And I'm like, I'm glad you think that because I think she's perfect for him, too. And uh, yeah, so I'm just excited for the future for the two of you. And this book was just like the icing on the cake. You know, it's just I don't know. It's just you guys have got a lot of fun things ahead. But these stories you share are pretty raw. The one that I want, I, I know I told you to pick one, but I hope you don't mind. I kind of picked one for each of you too. Um, Ross, we'll have you share a second since you um, have a lot to say generally in many settings. Um, so I want yours to be about your meeting with Bill Gates. But um, Allison, I think because we've discussed this topic on the show and I've interviewed a lot of moms uh, who have healthy children, one mom I interviewed was told, uh, pretty much advised to get to terminate her pregnancy because her kids were conjoined. And when Ooh. she decided not to and the kids were born, I don't know how you could make this mistake because they're like maybe 20 now. They were only conjoined by a little bit of skin on their rear end. And it was like something that you could do, you know, at an office visit to separate them. And they're like Mm. beautiful, healthy twins. And then my other girlfriend was just point blank told to terminate the pregnancy because her daughter had spina bifida and her daughter Mm. walks. She went through regular school. She is just delightful, the light of her life. And uh, she was told point blank, she never went back to that doctor, that Mm -hmm. you don't even know what you're in for to have this baby, like how handicapped mentally and physically she'll be. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't even know that she had spina bifida if you met her. So let's go into your story a little bit different, but it's in chapter two. It's called Trust Yourself. So give us the lowdown, Mm -hmm. Allison. What happened? Uh, Okay. Um, Well, first of all, it was difficult for me to get pregnant. So that's a struggle in itself. And my heart goes out to anybody in that position who is trying and so desperate to get pregnant and it just doesn't work. That's that's an uphill battle right there. So when you do finally get pregnant and you're so excited and you're, you're going through all of the motions um, and it's time to go find out if you're having a boy or a girl, um, that moment was kind of squashed when uh, I was at my ultrasound and they told me that, okay, you're having a girl, but she's very, very small. Something's not right. We're going to talk to the doctor, do some more research, and they came to the conclusion that um, there were a couple of options. She wasn't um, growing, and she could have Down syndrome. She could have uh, contracted a virus before, you know, when, when she was developing early on, and now it's kind of sealed in there with her, and it's just going to make her really sick. You could have a stillbirth. This could kill you. At the end of the day, the recommendation was to abort the baby. Oh. I, did, I just can't even imagine what that pit in your stomach feels like after all you've uh, gone through. Yeah, yeah, but... What's weird is, yes, of course, like shock, you know, no feeling in your face for a second. And then you come back and say, wait a minute, though. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. I don't think so. I don't think you're right. You know, Um, yes, you're educated. And yes, you have all of the tools. And of course, this was also like 24 years ago. So they Mm -hmm. didn't have the tools like they do now. Mm -hmm. But they still smarter than I am. They're doctors. 
Um, but I just had this feeling that, no, no, I, I got to fight for this baby. I'm going to fight for this baby. I had never, I was young also, so I had never fought for somebody else's life, you know? And so this was new. But, you know, you when you put your superhero cape on and you're a mom or a mom-to-be, things change. You get really strong. You get crazy strong. Pick a car up off your baby strong. And that's, that's where I went. And so I just... Uh, did what I was told, drank more Gatorade than an NBA team because I needed the electrolytes. I needed to see what was going on and um, had the baby. And um, do I tell the whole story or do we? Well, just, like, it, it, the, the story is, uh, I think, augmented by she's super strong throughout this whole process. And then at, at the moment, they kind of they rush you in because there's another problem mm-hmm. that you had a moment of. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, because I am human. I'm like, oh, I've just been so strong through this whole pregnancy. And I did the bed resting and I did. I followed all the directions. And and what's going to happen now? Did I mess up? Am I now are, am I going to make it? Is she going to make it? And and you kind of think. Oh, and um, so there's a there's a detail in the book that I think is, is pretty valuable because those of us who have heard about cesarean sections don't know anything about that. Yeah. And it's really not public. What it, it just looks like, oh, they did make a little incision, and then here comes the baby. Well, they, in order to do that, they start removing Allison's organs and putting them on a tray next to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. didn't see that. But, wow. But, you, I mean, what am I going to do? You, you surrender in that situation. You just surrender. And so I surrendered, and uh, Michaela was born, and it turns out that she just wasn't connected to the umbilical cord hundred percent. It was it was like off. So she was just getting enough nutrients to survive, which is why the recommendation to drink Gatorade like a basketball player was electrolytes, whatever you get, because I couldn't eat all the time. You just can't eat all the time. Um, but that was the problem. She wasn't she wasn't hooked up to the umbilical cord all the way. And so um, and now the poor thing. Can't, oh, every time I see my daughter, I'm like, let's eat. Let's get something to eat. Oh, my gosh. It's just such a miracle story. And as you know, Christian, I can totally relate to why you trusted your gut. So did Tim Tebow's mom in a similar situation. We'll be right back with the good news. We're speaking with Ross and Allison to get him out their book rattled. We'll be right back. You are amazed. There are so many home goods that would be useful and look great in your home. Walking into an ARC thrift store is truly one-stop shopping. Imagine yourself finding endless amounts of essential products, furniture, clothing, and other items you need for your house. You've been looking for that home furnishing or clothing item, thinking it would cost too much. And then you realize how reasonably priced your new treasure is. ARC thrift stores offer you countless options of products you can buy. Their thrift stores are clean and organized, and the money you spend there helps other Coloradans with developmental and intellectual disabilities. With over 30 locations in Colorado, ARC Thrift Store is your one-stop shop for great prices and all of your essentials. Visit arcthrift.com. That's A-R-C thrift.com to find the nearest ARC Thrift Store near you. Burlington is listening to the Mighty 670 KLT Denver. Angie Austin here, friend with the good news, along with my friends, Allison and Ross. Allison Delvitt, Ross Schaefer, uh, they are engaged and they have written the book Rattled Crazy A Stories of Extreme Resilience to help you go from shook to solid. And you also had um, a helper on this book. Is that right, the two of you? Go, uh, Allison, go ahead. You can tell us about Cass. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. 
Oh, you had someone yeah. helping you with the book cast, Jacoby? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm, like, totally distracted. Okay. Yeah, um, Cass uh, had just um, earned her degree in, in English and working on her master's degree at the time, but um, is really good at writing and helped kind of shape up some of my stories because um, I'm new at this, but... Yeah, so she uh, she came in, and um, I had, like, over 60 stories that she, yeah, she interviewed with, with me, made sure I was answering all the right questions, dotted the I's, crossed the T's, and, and really shaped up my story. So I was grateful for that. I love that. Yeah. Throughout this process, she got a master's degree. Yeah. So it's, and it was a pandemic, so it was yeah. good for her, too. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it was good. She's very smart, very bright. And she interviewed her mother because, you know, you don't, you'll know this about Allison. She just – she is – like head to the grindstone, um, gets a lot done, and then moves on to the next thing really fast. So in writing these stories, because she's done so much, she forgot. Or some of the things that she didn't think were important, um, Cass reminded her, wait, Mom, <laughs> you did this, this, and this. Yeah. And and Allison, yeah. But but no, that would make a great content for the book. So yeah. it, she was very helpful that way. I love that. And so these stories started out as like, you know, brief advice, two-word advice. And I love that you start with your encounter with Bill Gates. And for people that don't know, Ross has had quite a career on game shows and late-night television talk shows. And he really started to get known in Seattle, where he had a talk show there that was quite popular. And so let's go to chapter one in Rattled, Be Brief. I, I just, and I do love yeah. it. You guys used just two, you know, yours that we just went over, Allison, was Trust Yourself, and now, Ross, Chapter 1, Be Brief. You know, and, the, and each chapter will say, we started by saying, why should you read this chapter? And we end it with, what, what did you get out of this? It's, we try to motivate people to think, how does this apply to us? How do your stories apply to us? So this first chapter you're talking about is Bill Gates. Bill Gates humbled me. Bill Gates rattled me. <laughs> and at the time... I was uh, I was well known, like you said, in, in Seattle for a, uh, a television show that had been on the air for uh, four years. We grew it, grew our show from 30 minutes to 60 minutes. Had a lot of national acclaim, and our ratings were unbelievable. We sold out more ads than we had availability for time, and so and I was in the newspaper a lot. I was on the radio a lot, doing other shows. I was working in, in casinos and. Um, had friends all throughout show business. So I'm thinking the one person we don't have on the show yet is Bill Gates. He's from Seattle. He's the richest man in the world at that time. Why don't I just call him up and get him on our show? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I know you would. But it's not that easy. I had to I had to go through a gauntlet to finally get somebody who knew him or worked with him. And I went to high school, as it turned out, in that area. And a woman that I, a guy that I knew, his wife was bill gates assistant and oh. that's how that all kind of came about she goes well i think i yeah everybody knows who you are ross i'll get uh, your name in front of him and so uh, we i think oh this is fantastic i send her t-shirts and all kinds of things to thank her so then i get this appointment to to go and it's the microsoft campus is really extraordinary the microsoft campus is in redmond washington they have dormitories they have the gigantic uh restaurants and and a cafeteria that serves free food to anybody who works there and so i've got i get there a little early and and this woman says well go down to the cafeteria and you'll uh, you can have something to eat you can have something to drink so i do and i walk into the cafeteria and i'm so recognized to all these there might be eight nine hundred people in there but I get kind of swarmed 
uh, around the cafeteria thing. But because they knew the show, it was called Almost Live, and we chatted about that. I think this is so good for me. This, oh, my God, his employees know who I am. Um, he's going to be excited to meet me, is what I think. Yeah, you're thinking Bill Gates is going to be. And by the way, I like that the yeah. title "Almost Live" because you were young then. But now, like at our age, I would get if you're going to do it again, I wouldn't use "almost live." <laughs> well, no, I, would, I know that, that that makes sense. Right? <laughs> makes sense at our age. All right, so you think Bill Gates is going to be so excited to see me, yeah. just like all these people in the cafeteria and on campus? Right, that's what I think. And I have, I have loosely have uh, in my head what I'd like to say and how I'm going to make the pitch and why it'd be good for him to be on the show. Loosely. Lots of people love this show. So, okay. So I finally get my appointment, and I uh, go to his outer office, and, I'm, and he says, she says, okay, he's ready to see you. So I walk through the office with my shoulders back, and I'm very confident. And, and there he is uh, standing kind of behind a desk, but uh, he doesn't really look at me right away. And then, then he kind of notices me, and he says, uh, uh, come on in. But he's still looking down at what looks like the map to world domination. <laughs> and so I say, hello. Hello, Bill. I'm being familiar. I didn't call him Mr. Gates. He's not, he's not that old at that time. And uh, he looks at me, and he goes, uh, uh, come on in. Be brief. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of intimidating, eh? Yeah. Where do I start? So I tell him I'm, you know, I have a television show almost live. He doesn't really say anything. And now I'm, when he says be brief, I'm thinking, what am I going to say? And I'm now I'm cutting and pasting in my head. What? How, maybe I should start with something. This maybe I should start here. And I'm, I'm fumbling. I'm, I'm a confident guy normally, and especially confident about what I'm there to ask him. But I can't get the words in the right order. And I, I'm, I'm saying, well, almost live is very popular with young people and uh uh-huh but he's really not paying attention to me oh wow and so then i'm thinking i think this would be really good for you to do because we have a a big audience now they know you they want to know more about you and he says thanks for coming in whoa I i couldn't get anywhere and before i know i'm so stunned he he looks at me now and walks out a side door He's gone. My whole chance is gone. So you're just sit, I, you're standing in his office without him alone. He's left you in his office. Yes. And now the woman who got me into this, she's opened the door, and she said, uh, you can go out this way. So I, I've blown it. I've just totally blown it. And the reason that this is so uncomfortable for me is I'm a stand-up comedian, and you're, you, you know you're supposed to edit your joke down to it. Just <laughs> didn't do that. I didn't prep well enough for that meeting with him. And so then I have to go back to my team at the TV show and say, how to go? Because we're all very excited. And I go, I, he's not going to do the show. I don't think he's going to. He didn't have any indication whatsoever. And I never did get him on the show because I think I blew it so bad. The lesson, the lesson uh, that if you're, if you're doing anything, especially these days with the short attention span, be brief in emails. Be brief on phone calls. Be brief in text messages. People don't have time. And especially if you're trying to make a point, you're trying to sell something, something, would you just get on it quickly and let people make a decision? I, I, I love that advice, by the way. Sorry to step on you. I love that advice, by the way, because I, I'm assuming this has to, has 
molded you in a way because I know how prepped you are for your uh, speeches and your life and your books and how everything's so mapped out and you're organized and all of that. And when we speak with other speakers, because I speak with less organization than you do, but it's not my career. I'm generally doing it in a Christian setting and I'm not getting paid, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of dollars to do it. But I know you, there's no winging it. And I know that some speakers like to wing it, but people who are professionals don't wing it when they have to do a speech when they're getting paid cold, hard cash for it. And so I'm assuming that this helped mold you for future encounters, speaking, meetings, et cetera. It, it absolutely did. I try to think and speak like a broadcaster, you know, speak at a, you know, 160 words a minute if, you're, if it matters, because most people don't. They speak at 100 words a minute, 110 words a minute, and they take forever to get to the end of the story. And I fear, I, I was letting my ego drive that pitch and i was 100 percent wrong but you know he he gets up he gets up every morning looks in the mirror and go i take the world why do i need to talk to ross shape <laughs> hilarious but you know as time <laughs> say that again ellie where is he now? <laughs> right, exactly. Look at he's got to be having regrets right now as he sits there on this pile of piles of money. <laughs> That's right. I had a chance to meet Ross. Come on, boom, that. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, a, he's hydrating all of Africa. I mean, what has he done for you know? I mean, are you kidding me? Sheesh. Yeah, that's right. All right. So if you're just joining us, uh, rattled, uh, Allison Delvet, Ross Schaefer. Uh, I love that you've you know narrowed these stories down. I just think it's such a creative, cool idea. It's all those that 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 concept of you know keep it simple, stu- uh, stupid, the kiss concept because you just took these great stories and you know th- threw them together. I mean, I know it took a lot of work, but it's just so entertaining to go through. These are like it's kind of like if you were like. You know, they say like when we die, like all of these little films in our head kind of flash by. And this is your death movie. This is your death book. You know what I mean? Because it's like all the cool things or all the learning experiences, a lot of the highlights in your life. And so each chapter is kind of that snippet that either brought you joy or pain or, uh, you know, a learning lesson. And I think it's really neat how you guys did this because a lot of books do like, oh, I don't want to come up with all this. I'll just get 15 of my friends to each writer chapter. I mean, you guys really came up with your own stories and how cool that you were dating during COVID and couldn't see each other and you this helped you get to know each other. I mean, really, it is something that um, will, it's kind of a legacy for your relationship. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it and, is. And for our children. Yeah. We have five children between us, so we wanted to get this down so that our children knew us. That's super cool. Yeah, that's super cool. That 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 made me think for a second there too. That's a really that's that's important. Okay, so a couple of things. Uh, you both speak. You have other businesses that you uh, run. Uh, Ross travels, you know, all over the the world speaking again because that came to a complete halt with COVID, pretty much. Uh, how do people reach you and find your other what ten books? Did you say, Ross? Oh well, um, we would love for them to visit uh, Ross. Schaefer.com. It's, uh, it's spelled S H. It's R O S S S H A S E R. And I also have a. She and I have done a video blog that's available. If you go to uh, Ross Schaefer on YouTube, there are 170 videos. I think none of them are longer than three minutes. Cool. People could. I, it's actually, I'm very flattered. It's being used in training uh, for all kinds of companies. 
Uh, Columbia University, Harvard University uses them uh, for various reasons. So we're, we're trying to just be relevant. Wow, you don't need to go to Harvard. You're training Harvard. <laughs> that is really cool, you guys. Okay, so we've got about a minute. What's next? What do you guys want to do next? Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, we, we really want to be able to go to groups and talk about these stories and have other people respond and tell us their stories. There, uh, there's something to be said for um, showing every vulnerability you have so that others don't think they're alone. And maybe this was our goal, too, that if we put this all out there, um, there would be subsequent books, like the chicken soup for the, the soul kind of, uh, of book. Here. Yeah, yours could be crazy A stories for the soul. Yeah. Yeah, sure could. <laughs> hey, I want to have you guys back to talk about some more of your stories. I think you're both so entertaining. And I love the idea yesterday of sharing, you know, your scars. I interviewed a pastor yesterday who lost one of his four children uh, while she was at college. And the family was doing ministry in the Middle East. And he said, um, right now he's kind of going through the low part of it. But God made him write a book. And he said, depression is a, is a thief. You know, it steals your motivation. And he said, but um, the Lord ma- really made it clear to me that I needed to, sh- to show my scars and help other people heal and i love it that you guys are sharing your joy and your scars so uh thank you so much for joining me on the good news i can't wait to have you back okay all right we love you we love you well me me love me love you (laughs) (laughs) thanks guys all right thank you for listening to the good news with angie austin on am 670 kltt Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.